Till shade is gone. Till water is gone. Into the shadow with teeth bared. Screaming defiance with the last breath. To spit in Sightblinder's eye on the last day. By my honor and the light. My life will be a dagger for Sightblinder's heart. Until the last day. To, to Shiloh Ghoul itself. itself. This is a Dagger for Sightblinder, a podcast focused on all things Wheel of Time, with your hosts, Sarah Lucas and Adam Tricola. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of A Dagger for Sightblinder. May you find shade this day. Sarah, how's the shade preparation going or uh, retrieval? Or finding hmm. this. I think I've found a good amount. How how are you, Adam? I've decided to be a hypocrite and just totally disregard the notion of shade entirely. Oh, that seems very out of character for you. I know. Well, I know. I'm I'm, I'm generally around a lot of shade and a lot of shady people, but <laughs> this. Yeah, I'm turning over a new leaf, which I guess in some ways does generate shade. So, yeah, depending right. on the size of the leaf. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's probably enough shade for like an ant. Right. Well, I mean, or if it's a big leaf, like two ants. So <laughs> that being, <laughs> what is this shade for an ant? <laughs> Are you saying ants or ant? because <laughs> you're gonna need a much bigger leaf for an ant well ants, ants have their own leaves that's true so they, they can generate their own shade well, that's fun anyways enough about shade <laughs> yeah. uh, despite despite the fact that that's part of our intro uh what do we got going today sarah all right so we are doing the great hunt chapters 30 to 39 we're almost done like this is like the the last not the last but like the second last chunk of the book we're we're at like the three quarter way mark, I'd say. Um, it is, yeah. Like, uh, you might say the four fifths mark. Yeah, I guess that would make be more accurate. Because there's fifty chapters, and we're covering the the penultimate group of ten chapters. That's fine, math. Hmm. I'm, I'm sorry if math makes you uncomfortable but <laughs> sorry not sorry uh, yeah so we're gonna we're gonna talk about that and then there's like a tiny bit of show notes show names just a little bit okay so what do you want to talk about first you want to talk about the show first because it's tiny news yeah <laughs> what I was asking you and you, yeah. you just decided I know you and I, turn, your... I turned it around into a question for you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, your Canadian shipness. <laughs> All right. So the show is still being filmed, but they've obviously already like got a good chunk of the episodes done. Um and there were some images that leaked that showed the one power, and basically it showed it being. I guess the, the visual effects of it are going to be done differently based off where they're channeling the source from. So if it's, you know, earth or fire or air or whatever, it's going to have a different 
um, look to it. So the, the ones that leaked showed, I believe it was air and fire side by side. And you could see air was basically a pure white strand we've been seeing this whole time. And fire had this like hint of red throughout it. Uh, so they're going to be changing that up a little bit in season two, allegedly. All right. I guess that's, what, do you, what are your thoughts? I feel like it makes sense because it is talked about in the book. Mm-hmm. So it does make sense to kind of illustrate that. And um, I, I hope that they will explain it a tiny bit in the show because i feel like if they don't it could be a little confusing for viewers that haven't read the books why they're all different colors that's true um yeah i I mean they're gonna have to give a deeper explanation of what the power is and how it works Mm -hmm. like the the nynaeve's explosion of power to heal everyone and everything that that was a pretty cool thing and to defeat Loghain and everything that in the show that that was sweet that that was awesome in fact Mm -hmm. and epic uh, but they don't really explain how it happened. It was just like this thing, this this event of almost just nature. Yeah. And yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was cool, but at the same time, uh, they'll need to explain it a little bit more. Though I think in a show they could really they could really go like hurt themselves by getting too technical about these things too. Yeah, absolutely. Which is why I don't know, and they're gonna have to explain it in a in a way that isn't openly explaining it yeah so yeah i i think that's fine that that's something that a lot of people criticized the show for actually i never cared Mm -hmm. at all even you know they do the light and the dark or whatever white and black Mm -hmm. i I was that was enough for me i I could be happy with the rest of the show being that but you know Mm -hmm. they they do in the books describe it different colors and stuff and they can do that without breaking the bank i'm good with it yeah exactly um so yeah that's that's basically the show news what i'm curious about is if they're waiting to see if lord of the rings does well to see if they keep going with this show oh to see if they keep if they renew it again yeah that's a good point yeah because they're they're spending a ruinous amount of money on the on the lord of the rings show and you just have to think Maybe they'd just like to cut the 80 million per season that they're doing for Wheel of Time. Right. If it's uh, not doing as well. Right. Or I maybe mean, if Lord of the Rings doesn't do as well as they think it will, they can reallocate some money. Right. Uh, this uh, And this money, the money that they're spending on this is a is very small compared to the Lord of the Rings stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the initial Lord of the Rings season was like almost 500k or sorry 500 million 500 million yeah yeah uh, which is obviously way more than the 80k they spent on wheel of time mm-hmm. and you just have to wonder if this then again wheel of time was the top show of the whole year right so you would think that that would carry some weight yeah like it's starting it's still gonna gain momentum it'll be an even bigger season if they continue it out mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we'll just have to see i mean i hope they continue it obviously yeah i think they're smart uh not to have them compete with each other you know have them air separately so yeah oh definitely well because the majority of people uh, i mean potentially myself included i might i might watch lord of the rings before i watch wheel of time right just depending you know 
a lot of people recognize Lord of the Rings way before they recognize Wheel of Time. Right. Absolutely. So, uh, that being said, mm-hmm. colors for our powers. There's there's pretty slim pickings on show news. So why don't we go to the book? Yeah, let's let's go to the book. So again, we're going to talk about chapters thirty to thirty nine specifically in the Great Hunt, but basically anything beforehand is fair game, including anything in the first book, The Eye of the World. Yeah. So spoilers all over the place. Everywhere. The spoilers abound. Yep. All right. You want to get into it? Yeah, we're abound to get into it. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So chapter 30 is Deus de Mar. Um, So basically, this is after... You know, Rand and Loyal were kind of hiding out behind the Illuminators Guild, if you remember and recall. And there was the the uh, Trollocs outside. Mm-hmm. You know, they're hiding out. Anyway, so no one really knows what's gone on there. Um, but Rand is back at the inn. Um and he has been getting these invites continuously from all over, from people all over in, in the town. They want him to, I guess, like go to like a party, like a social gathering. Everyone wants to know about him and he's just been ignoring them or burning them or whatever. And he ends up getting two um, invites that he initially wants to ignore and he wants to burn them. And Huron is the one that tells him, you know, like this probably isn't a good idea because they're from two nobles in town one of them being lord barthanus and the other one being the king um and he runs like this this isn't going to be good if you ignore them and rand wants to leave um he doesn't want to be there anymore but he ends up getting this like really clever idea to just go into the common room of the inn with both of these invites not having them been open but just so that people see him with them and they can kind of whisper among the town and have this rumor mill run that he's he did have the invites and he did get them but he hadn't opened them yet so we don't know what he's going to choose and it was this really clever like play and he knows that it's a short term play which is why he's like we got to leave because this this trick isn't gonna last very long um but i thought it was very clever of him to do that what did you think yeah, I, I think that that was, it, it was cool. So you see, you see Rand start to adapt a little bit. It, he, yeah. He's feeling this profound annoyance, but I, I think that he's starting to see the wisdom, at least on, on the fringes of it, of the, the whole, you know, when in Rome sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so, so yeah, like at first he just wanted to throw the invitations away. He didn't, everyone thinks he's playing De Ste Mar by throwing them, throwing the invitations in the fire, but you know, but they're, and they're waiting to see who he's going to accept it for, uh, but eventually did think better of it, and yeah, this is, it's just a cool thing to see him kind of, kind of adapt a little bit, and come up with, come up with something, and show that uh, it's not, it's not just, you know, even if he doesn't want to play, he's, he's, he's still proficient at it, and honestly, you know, like the whole politics things, it's a thing, it's, it's good for him to start working on that a little bit, especially if there's any truth to what Moraine claims about him being the Dragon Reborn, even though he doesn't see it that way, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, he's also, it's, you see him take more and more control of his group as, 
like he's the decision maker. He could throw those letters away or keep them, but the others, the other two are there as advisors. Right. At, at the end of the day, that everyone acknowledges that he's in charge and like he's just assumed full command. He doesn't even think about it anymore. He's just fully in charge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so so he's doing that. And then him and Loyal end up going to the guardhouse and they've basically been checking every day if Lord Ingtar's come, in, come through the town um, looking for Celine. They, they, they just keep asking and it's pretty humorous because every single time the guard is like, who are you asking for? I don't know who you're asking. And just it's... It's the same thing every day and you can hear this frustration from Rand that's like I'm asking you about the same people I asked you about yesterday and the day before um anyway but they end up going they leave the guardhouse and they go back to uh the inn and on their way back into the city they they see like this stack of smoke um and are just wait, making their way towards the inn. And as they get closer and closer to it, they realize it, it is the inn that's on fire. Um, and they they get there. Huron is knocked out in their room. And the chest is gone. So that, yeah. is, that is awful. Um, damn and it they, all. Damn it all. But they, they've got to get um, Huron out. And it's just sad because Loyal has to leave his books to burn and he obviously doesn't want to leave them well um, they, he didn't even like consider he's like well of course we're gonna save Huron. yeah but it, you know that it's a it's a thing yeah it's painful for him it's sad yeah. you're right yeah. so so they do save Huron, and on, on the way out that's magically when ingtar and matt and perrin show up again and the gang's all reunited at the end of chapter 30 yeah but yeah the band is back in town or something um yeah Uh, i hate this in some ways because it's like they've been in carrion for a week or Mm -hmm. however long and and then right as they're like safe they're gonna be safe they've they've got a nice to die they've got a whole troop of men they've got the you know ingtar and the safety of you know matt needs his dagger and they could have just it, it was literally like one hour off and, right yeah and but i mean it, that's part of part of the fun of this of this book though too of just the twists and turns and you know i i would have never guessed that they would just go and steal the horn back from fane with just a couple people you know like with rand and Huron and loyal like right. i would have never get like it, it's fun and then that didn't end up really like helping a huge amount but mm-hmm. it's just a cool thing to i don't know that's fun it's a good twist that you don't enjoy your heroes being foiled as much as when they triumph but right absolutely um yeah so that that's that mm-hmm. um okay so chapter 31 on the scent so varen obviously is with ingtar and and everyone who's shown up and she is healing Rand and Huron because they're obviously injured from the fire and she can't obviously do anything for Matt. (laughs) Um, But Matt is definitely looking worse and worse. Um, Anyway, but Rand has to tell Matt and Perrin that he did have the horn and the dagger inside the chest with the horn and he's lost them both. And that kind of sucks to say lost can I just say, because she didn't really lose them. Like, 
they were, they were stolen, but. Well, but they're lost to his possession. Like they he doesn't. I don't know. I just associate the word lost with like losing something. Like it's your own fault. You've misplaced it. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I well, that, like that. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I feel like it's just a matter of definition, frankly. Totally. Uh, you know, I could say I'm lost and, and you could mean like, wait, like you're, you don't know where you are or mm-hmm. like you are just totally screwed for some unknown reason or, you know, like your soul is in lost. jeopardy. Mm-hmm. I mean, like there, there's a ton of different, you know, ways to be lost. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know, whatever. That's That's We're quibbling fair. so we can... <laughs> All right. Um, so you can dispense with the quibbling. Um, mm-hmm. Rand does end up uh, at some point. He ends up. I think he's transferring his. He's changing his clothes. Yeah, that's right. He's changing his clothing because obviously they've all been, you right. know, ruined from this fire. Um, but he is taking. He's got all of Celine's notes in his old coat pockets. So mm-hmm. He's taking them out and is burning them, which is interesting. He wants to know. Oh man, so there's a couple of interesting things. Could we rewind for just one second? Yeah. And yeah. So so Inktar and everyone arrive and they, they need to get to an end to talk about everything. Mm-hmm. And so this is before he throws gets rid of the notes and everything. Mm-hmm. And so Rand's like, okay, so we need to do this. And we need to, and he's like, and then he realized everyone's just staring at him and he's like, oh crap, like Inktar's in charge. He's right. just used to, he's just, he's assuming command. And you know, he he tells Ingtar, like, I'm sorry about that. And Ingtar seems to be fine with it. He's like, oh, yeah, Moraine Sedai chose chose wisely as free to have you as my second. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ingtar seemed to be okay with it. it. It's just a very interesting thing of he was just a tag along. And now he's uh, like, he's, he's ready to assume full command if he if if Ingtar isn't there. And like that transition is just to me really cool that that kind of awkward moment where mm-hmm. and and Perrin keeps commenting mentally on I think he actually like he looks like a noble I wouldn't believe that he's not a noble either if, mm-hmm. if I didn't know better I I I believe it too the the clothes fit right and it's funny too that that you mentioned it because it almost feels like such a smooth transition for Rand like it doesn't feel jarring as a reader to have him be calling the shots yeah he did a really good job of of making it like okay i'm i am reluctantly taking on the mantle of leadership between me heron and loyal because they Mm -hmm. need me to be that and then over time he he does just feel more and more comfortable with it to the point of not just commanding like a small group he's he's like okay, like we have an Aes Sedai here and a bunch of armed soldiers and I'm still just going to start telling everyone what I think needs to happen. Right, exactly. Um, that is a good point. I forgot about that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so he does, but he does burn the notes here, which is Ooh. interesting as well. Oh, so something really interesting happens when he does that. There's a okay. huge gust of wind that comes in and it lo- it's like, it's going to, it's going to like, uh, you know, mess with the with the fire and everything that that like it's almost as if some mm-hmm. supernatural force saw that happen and was displeased right did not like that they were being burned mm-hmm. 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 like it, they were burned and then that happened immediately 
Mm-hmm. Funny, eh? Well, so, I mean, there's something I am a little bit hinting at. I guess I won't <laughs> say more right yeah. now, but it's, uh, I, I don't know for sure. There's there's hints to the that could maybe suggest something else though. Mm-hmm. Um, so shortly after this, we actually switch we end up switching to Perrin's point of view in oh. this chapter as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of has this train of thought running about he's correlating Rand to something the wolves have been saying. And he, he is thinking that Rand is what the wolves call the shadow killer, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was interesting to note and keep in mind. And he's also just kind of getting more in tune, like in this chapter with his new I don't know if you want to call it personality, but traits of, of whatever is going on with Perrin. And he's commenting on how, you know, the, the lamb is cooked, but he wishes it was more raw. And these thoughts that he's having are just happening and he's not totally on board with them. Like you can tell he's a little disturbed that he's thinking these things, um, but they're just mm-hmm. kind of free, free forming. Anyway, so Rand ends up explaining the portal stones as well in this chapter to the group and the group ends up agreeing that the best thing to do is to try to get Rand to go to um, these parties that he's basically been invited to by Lord Barthanus and the king and they they need to try and steal the horn back and and Rand is you know not really on board with this because he doesn't think it's going to fly that he's going to be believed to be a lord um, but begrudgingly i say begrudgingly but he he does end up agreeing like i think this is the most logical plan that they have sure right well yeah so yeah it's just an interesting taviran thing right you know they just happen to have the the invites there and everything Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i mean Yeah, yeah, but I thought I think it's interesting too, though. Uh, Varen's pre- presumption as well, like they all kind of are presuming command of the group in a way, right? So, like, technically, Ingtar's in charge, but Varen's made it pretty clear that she thinks she's in charge, mm-hmm. and you know, she's she's getting a little bit of pushback from Ingtar, but then Rand is also just randomly every once in a while, like, oh, well, we're gonna do this, and you know. Uh, so there's there's like this really weird crisis of you know who's who's actually in charge and everything but uh so so Varen gets gets both of those letters and before they really make a full decision she just crumbles up crumples up the the one from Goldrian from the king yeah yeah and they're going to Lord Barthanus yeah and it's like oh well thanks for making our decision for us yeah baron well that was great what if what if that was just an ex like i don't know just seemed a little bit crazy to me that she just destroyed it but mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, i also just like the the continued like they keep introducing new factors like grand everyone's like wait how did you get an invite to the to see the king and to see varthanis mm-hmm. at the same time like they keep rand keeps just turning their heads like whoa really like that that's amazing kind of 
I'm not even mad. That's amazing. Right. So it is yeah. interesting, like how it all just kind of is unfolding for Rand, essentially. Yeah. Um, okay, so the next chapter is dangerous words. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Uno is is escorting Rand and Huron and everyone to Barthanis. They're going there, they're going to the party. Um, and Huron and Matt are both made to kind of act as the servants of, of the group of Rands, which annoys Matt. Um, and I'm not surprised it annoys Matt at all by this. It's just, it's just humorous. Um, but mm. the, the job is for Huron and Matt to go in as the servants to this party and they're going to look for the horn. They're going to look for dark friends. They're going to look for the dagger. They're basically going to look for anything suspicious um, and hopefully find it and, and they can all get out of there. Um, so while they're off doing this, Barthanis is questioning Rand and he's like questioning him heavily to the point that Rand is feeling super uncomfortable. And just also he's answering the questions and like he keeps remembering what I think it was Varen had told him to say and like he's answering in a way that he's pulling off this lord like vibe I guess you would call it um without really raising too many well Varen said to mm-hmm. Varen said to do what Lan had taught him like when he addressed right. the Amarillan seat he wanted to right. she was like yeah, so a lot of his responses are, you know, I'm not, I'm, you know, they, they're like, oh, are you really a blade master? And he says, I am not yet a what, like I'm, I'm one years old or whatever, which is how long he's had his sword. Yeah, exactly. So. Which is clever how he is doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so he also sees Tom Marilyn in there, in another room, mm-hmm. playing as the as the entertainer. Right? for the for the guests um and he does end up talking to tom a little bit at the end of this um and tom warns him about you know getting involved with the eye side eye and whether or not Rand should actually trust them as much as he is so you can really tell tom's true feelings here sure or what what he's presenting as his true feelings right so i I thought it was funny the lead up to this was Mm -hmm. there was all these girls who came up all these women who were (laughs) suggesting that that maybe rand could come visit them yeah for for, uh i don't know some interesting discussions right and and, uh, i think it is in this chapter if i'm remembering correct he ends up having this whole like internal dialogue with himself about how he can't he can't be with anyone and if he's going to be with anyone it would be a Gwaine. and it's just a very funny train of thought because he's yeah. clearly you know jumping back and forth between whether or not he should you know stay true quote unquote to a Gwaine, even though he can't be with her or just mm-hmm. you know go with whoever he wants to go with well and it does show that like he's got good principles he's got he's got some good character that he doesn't want to just even though he doesn't see much future with Egwene he's not necessarily he doesn't necessarily think that it's 
it's going to be a prudent course mm -hmm. of action or something that would actually benefit him or Egwene if he decided to just you know kind of kind of jump ship and you know even though it, it would be excusable from our eyes we're like well Egwene's like, going to be ice to die you, you know why right. would you stay why would you feel like you have to stay with her but the, the fact that he's feeling conflicted and and therefore he's like well if if i'm feeling conflicted then maybe i just shouldn't do anything with anyone else until i've resolved this to make you know let's be patient let's make you know make good decisions mm -hmm. I, I don't know i think i think this it's a pretty admirable thing even if he's a little awkward about it yeah I'm, uh it's just funny because it it feels like he goes back and forth all the time on this it um, does. <laughs> yeah he does Mm -hmm. um, but it, it is admiral. I'm I'm not gonna disagree with that. Uh, I think it's funny though. Tom's like, oh yeah, such and such woman, noble woman, would give you an education that every man should receive at least once in their lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, wow. Um, yeah, but he also Rand is really good in this at playing the part of the Lord as well, because while Barthanis is is questioning him. Huron ends up coming over to be like to tell him you know oh your your servant man or however he phrased mm -hmm. it tripped and hurt his ankle or something along those lines he hurt himself and Rand responds in a way like I would because because Matt is his friend mm -hmm. I think Rand's natural inclination would be like, oh, okay, let's go see how he is. And like, you know, have right. that kind of empathy. And instead he's just immediately was like, oh, like what good is he going to be to me if he can't walk? Like it, which is right. like, exactly how you would probably react if it was your servant mm -hmm. that had hurt themselves. So it, it is a very like on point in character for what he's trying to portray. Yeah, I think I think it's also he's they're also kind of thumbing their noses at the elite in this. Like mm -hmm. you know, oh, it's totally. Robert Jordan is it, it, it's not only showing like so Rand is just saying nonsense to Barthanis and say you know or telling the truth and Barthanis is like oh I had no idea people from where you're from Andor <laughs> were so good at the great game and and Rand is like I have no idea what what's going on he's just answering random stuff and like mm -hmm. they're so steeped in this that they're seeing they're jumping at every shadow possible you know mm -hmm. and so they're reading nuance that doesn't even exist and then and then they're also just showing like look at how disconnected the nobles are from the rest of everyone right. like nobles are just stupid you know like they're <laughs> like they have all the money and all the power but that's not how it should be mm -hmm. All right. Um, okay, so next chapter, chapter 33. Sure. Mm -hmm. uh, a message from the dark. So Huron ends up taking Rand outside into the garden um, where Loyal and Matt and everyone are. And they, they show him this like walled in enclosure. Um, and there used to be a way, there's a way gate inside of this, inside the walls. Um, and Huron had said like the, the scent that he's been tracking it went through the ways so the horn has obviously left and it went through the ways um and rand is like oh like we can totally follow it like let's and he's you know inspecting the wall trying to, to get it to open which he he does he opens this this way gate um and loyal sees machin chin right away inside 
just waiting and they can they can hear it and everything and rand is trying to you know convince you that you can go into this we can go into the ways and we can track the horn and follow fane from here um but the they end up deciding that they can't use this way gate it's too dangerous um and they they close it and they hand uh or sorry they they end up heading back inside um and yeah so they they head back inside where they decide that they're gonna have to find a different way to to go uh after this horn Mm-hmm. And Barthanis ends up giving a, a message to Rand from Pat and Fane, uh, which is essentially saying that he's going to wait for him on Toman Head, uh, which is super important because this is exactly what was written in the dungeon several several chapters ago. And Varen makes this connection. She's like, "That's Toman Head is connected to the writings that were in the dungeon," so she suggests using a way gate from somewhere else and should can they go to studying sofu um because matt is getting way worse without this dagger he's just like it it sounds like he only has a matter of weeks to live essentially if they don't get the dagger back yep like it's sounding quite dire for him yeah yeah Yeah, so gosh this is a long chapter wasn't it it was there was a lot in this chapter there's a lot in all, like, I feel like th- these 10 chapters, there's so much happening to kind of just push everything forward. Yeah, well, let's go, let's continue on then. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially what happens. I mean, it's match and shin. It's a little bit unsettling. And, it is. And I like the, like the way Barthanis admitted he was a dark friend without admitting it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, as soon as you've got this message being delivered from Pat and Finn, you're like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, oh, this is such a sad chapter. The Wheel Weaves, chapter 34. So this is after the, oh, you know, mm-hmm. Barthanus has had his his party. And Tom is heading back to the inn where he's staying, and he ends up getting there. Um, he walks back into his room. And Dina is dead in bed. Her throat's been slit. And there are two attackers essentially waiting and trying to attack him and he spins around instantly kills one he's got these knives that he's throwing um and he ends up wounding another one and begins questioning him and and realizes that these attackers are sent they want info on rand and they're saying that they want it for Mm barthanis and they want to know everything and trying he's trying to this attacker's trying to like con tom into into giving this information to him to sell it but then also like everyone wants this information on rand so if they can yeah. sell it together like they'll make all of this money in itself you know this whole scheme to get rich essentially um <laughs> it's just so heartbreaking here because tom's like yeah you know like you, you made a, a pretty big mistake though and you, you shouldn't have gone after the girl and just right. the girl being dina and just kills this guy um yep just just kills him just kills him and it's just it's so sad and anyway so the innkeeper comes in zara and she ends up explaining that the these guys actually worked for the king for galdrian Mm -hmm. um and 
you know, she points out that these attackers are dead. Tina's dead. People are going to assume that Tom was responsible. Um, and, you know, Tom's, she's like, you got to get out, get out of the city. You, you need to leave. And he mm-hmm. wants to go kill somebody still. He says, there's one more person I got to go kill. And she's like, well, Barthanis is already dead. Like he was yep. found torn to pieces and the only way that they knew it was him is because his head was on a spike like something or someone just tore him to pieces overnight yeah Yeah. um we don't really find out about what happened there no no we do not um but so tom Tom ends up leaving and then we we go to pat and fang yeah yeah, it's it's a sad part. It's also, you know, before he before he gets it there and finds out about all that stuff, like he's playing for the nobles way into the night because they're mm-hmm. just being a bunch of crap heads. And, yeah. you know, like they, he was trying to mock them by playing commoner songs, but then they, they thought it would be funny to hear more of them and were making fun of the commoners. And that's, uh, you know. And then, so he's had a bad night and then it gets way worse. And then he's like, all right, let's go kill the freaking king. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, you know, it's one of those, one of those catalyst moments of uh, like, he could have, he could have just had a good life and been irrelevant to everything, mm-hmm. but someone decided to mess with him just, just for fun, like for no real reason. And yeah like you know and it i always like think it's interesting like a, the bad guys have this disconnect of like they just don't care about life in general and so you know they're like well everyone else shares the same you know same view as us and as it turns out not so much so not so much yeah i loved his line there actually of you know you made one mistake you should yeah. you shouldn't have gone after the girl yeah it really like stuck out Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it was powerful mm-hmm. um yeah so then the the rest of the chapter though is with pat and fane mm-hmm. and he is headed to falm so he's going to turok which is the same guy where um oh man i'm blanking on his name bail doman that's the one thank you where he was um, i bailed you out there didn't you, I? you did bail me out thank you um totally spaced on his name so anyway so he's going to to turak and he shows him this this chest and you know he can't can't get it open um but they do there and you know they take the horn out and they put it in on a display and uh pat and fane wants to keep the dagger he's like oh the dagger's mine and wants to keep it for himself and turak's like no, no 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 like how can this be yours if it was in a chest that you didn't know how to open Right. And she's like, yeah, that's a pretty logical question to ask here. Mm-hmm. So, um, but he does say, like, uh, uh, he wants Pat and Fane to stay and to, to entertain him and that he will stop any dark friends from pursuing Pat and Fane, which is interesting because I would think Pat and Fane wouldn't care about dark friends. Well, but he's. But but he was he accused Randall Thor of being the dark friend. That that was that's mm. the connection. Is mm. he said, 
he said, Randall Thor will be here, a dark, a vile dark friend. You wouldn't have, you couldn't imagine the vile things, he, the atrocities he's committed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's going to be coming to steal the horn from me. And that's why Chirox says that. Mm. Makes more sense. Totally. Totally. Um, okay, so next one, next chapter. Mm-hmm. Yep. Steading tofu. So- tofu. 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 I don't know. I've just said tofu because it's fun. Stofu? I don't know. Sofu. Um, That's how they pronounce it in the in the thing. Yeah, I'm trying to remember how they pronounce it. And I think it's sofu. So I don't know. Sofu. It's yeah. sofu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On that tangent. So we're back with Rand. Um, and they are heading to the studying because that's where the way gate is and they feel like the way gate is still the fastest way to catch up to pattern fame mm-hmm. um and Perrin is asking loyal about safety and the studying and you know you can tell there's still that concern um and as they are approaching kind of like the center of this studying they have they see three aiel um made into the spear kind of come out and and there is like a little bit of a standoff and they, they, no one actually is hurt, but it seems like maybe something could have happened. Um, if I believe it's one of the Ogiers mentions, like you, you remember there's like a, essentially a truce of sorts um, and they end up leaving. But Matt and Perrin explain that they think that that these Aiel are looking for Rand and they already saw another one earlier. Um, so yeah. And this whole time, you know, Loyal's, I find this funny. Loyal's just worried that he's going back into the steading and the women there planning to make him get married and have him settle down. He's just so, so worried that this is going to be a possibility for him. Dear Lord, I mean, the, this is a really interesting, like it's 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 a matriarchy is, is what is. it is like, mm-hmm. and I I would feel nervous in that situation too, where at any point someone could just take my freedom away from me as I perceived mm-hmm. it, and even if like we as a society kind of hold this value of being married, like oh like I want to get married and whatever, like the, all, all this stuff, I I think that it would if you don't have a choice about it, mm-hmm. then. It's not necessarily like it, it just becomes a thing that happens to you. It doesn't become like this thing to be anticipated and excited about. It's it's just like, all right, you stupid person. Like you we can't get you to behave. We're just gonna get so we're gonna get you a minder, like we're gonna get you a babysitter, basically. Right. And you know, and then you have to do what she says. Well, and I found it interesting because he's explaining it to um you know, he's explaining it. I think it's to Perrin maybe well um, and Matt's Matt this whole time Matt's just being kind of a dick throughout like he's, yeah. he's really like he's being extremely unpleasant about a lot of this stuff yeah but but Loyal's explaining that like mm-hmm. he doesn't get, have a say in this it's just right. you know if they if they like you and they deem you to be a good fit for whichever whichever woman yeah mm-hmm. that that's it the decision's done yep game over so I can understand his his worry because he doesn't have a say in it. Oh, totally. Yeah, I, I can understand his 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 worry and his concern. Mm-hmm. I just 
yeah, it's it's just this thing of, uh, yeah, I, yeah, it just sucks. It sucks. I can understand his agitation. So, yeah, yeah. and it's interesting to see the IEL there. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, they get they get veiled and stuff. I'm excited for for you to see more IEL as as yeah. the the storyline progresses. So, uh, yeah, that. So this is half of the part with studying Sofu, the, right. the next chapter. There is the next chapter, which is among the elders, because uh, while they're there, they get called to go to, to the elders, to the Zogir. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Rand goes with Loyal and, and the group, um, and he, he does end up suggesting that Loyal maybe not come in, because maybe it'll work in their, mm-hmm. in their favor of sorts. Um, but they, they go in and right away they want Baron to examine this Ogier trail. Um, right. And she's like, I can't do anything for him. Like he came out of the ways and he's just a shell of like, mm-hmm. there's nothing. She's essentially, there's, there's nothing there, which is really sad also. Um, but I guess they know that this is a possibility. Well, it's sad in the same way that someone being dead is sad i guess right, right. Yeah. um but rand ends up explaining to them that you know they want to use the ways and they they need to use it it's the fastest way to for them to travel for what they're doing and they would like to have loyal accompany them and and guide them through through the way gates um and they agree so loyal doesn't need to worry anymore he gets to go on his adventure still with Treviran and do all this with the stipulation that Rand and them bring Loyal back to the setting once they're done. So they do have to bring him back. Um, So anyway, Alar, one of the Ogier, takes them to the way gate that's there and open it. Um, And Machinchin is there again. And Ingtar's like, yeah, we can't, we can't go into this way gate. Still too, too dangerous. Um, so he ends up go, I believe Ingtar leaves to go back to a different town, if I remember correctly. Ingtar? I'm pretty sure it was Ingtar. No. What were they talking about then? Unless they were talking about a, a, a waygate in a different town. Oh, so, so they can't use the waygates yeah. and yeah, so they, they just decide to uh, I mean, they they could they could go to another waygate, but they think that the they think that it's it might just be the same thing. Like if Match and Shin, it's never behaved this way before. They think right there's something to do with with Rand or something, and and so they decide to instead go to a portal stone, like right. try to do a portal stone. Right, and and Huron mentions the portal stone, and Rand says that they can go to Kinslayer's dagger, but it's going to take them a few days to get there. Right. Well, and so so Ingtar or yeah, Ingtar does say, "Well, I'm going to go back to Carrion, and I'm going to force Barthen. I'm going to find a way to force Barthenis to tell me more." And that maybe that's what you're thinking. He's thinking about I'm going thinking back of, to town. That's what I'm thinking about. Um, yeah, because Rand says, you know, if we're going to use a portal stone, there is one in Slayer's Dagger, but it's going to take us a few days to get there, and we can probably use it. And after that, Alar's like, "There's a closer way gate. Like we can." We can take you to it, sure. which is or a closer portal stone, I believe. Mm-hmm. Not a way gate. 
um, which is what happens in chapter 37 and what might be. So, Alar and I think it's Juin. It take, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They, they take them to Rand. They take Rand and everyone to this this nearby portal stone. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is interesting. So Varen has some knowledge about the stones and how they work and you know the symbols that are on them, but she's just not strong enough to activate them. Right. Um, and Rand ends up channeling. He focuses on the on the symbols of the stone that he wants to activate. But what ends up happening instead is they're all kind of shown these like different what if lives um yeah i love this part yeah and ran just see he sees so many different lives like i think it's over a hundred like hundreds of lives or he you know dies at winter night when the trollocs attack and he marries Egwene in one and Egwene dies in another one um and he has babies with Egwene in one just all these hundreds and hundreds of of lives of what if of what could have been mm-hmm. and in each instance he repeatedly hears i win again lose theron oh. um which is just wild because now i'm like are you seeing are you seeing lives that you may have lived in the past and they're just kind of being shown to you with the people in your life right now so in the past was there a time that you know there was a similar winter night for example where you were killed and then you know he won he won again lose there and in that mm-hmm. in that past life anyway that's that's the connection i took from it but um right well i just liked the the different things that but you know there, there's kind of a lot of different similar themes mm-hmm. of, of what happened uh, you know uh, like different threads of his life you know he he loved Elaine he loved uh right. Egwene he loved you know but these different characters kept popping up in his in his thing you know and a, a lot of times he could channel and you know or or he just had black moods and he didn't know that he could channel but you know, and at some point, the the last battle has been clearly been fought elsewhere, and they're about to overwhelm the two rivers. So they all go to fight, and mm-hmm. he it, instead, like he's kind of mad. He's he's half crazy, and so he goes and he just shoots at the black, uh, you know, the dark one's banner the whole time, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and every time it's it's like he's missed his potential, and I don't know, it's it, it's kind of sad and scary and whatever i i just thought it was very interesting to see all the different what ifs yeah it was um yeah so he he sees this from channeling the portal stone but then at the same time they do end up traveling to toman head um but somehow four months have passed so they've actually lost time they did not catch up at all um well and rand is worried because because uh if he doesn't show up at, at Falma yeah. or, or whatever at Toman's head, mm-hmm. then Pat and Fane is is threatened to go destroy or you know mess with the two rivers. Right, and but and I mean the the other thing here too is four months have passed, but somehow like it hasn't really had an effect on Matt, so he's still about the same from what he was beforehand, and probably only has still another 
couple of weeks or so before they need to get that dagger back sure yeah um <clears throat> but yeah so they're they're there and varen's just going around the group trying to heal them towards the end of it but that's that's the chapter that's chapter 37 fancy mm-hmm. and that's it for them right for, for this them. for this section yeah uh like for this this segment that we're going to be talking about so so they're they're on toman's head Mm-hmm. and yeah so the next chapter is we go to the white tower yeah so we're in chapter 38 practice so Egwene is in the in her room in the white tower and she's with um Nynaeve and Min and she's just practicing channeling and now that she's gotten a taste for it she just keeps doing it doing it and eventually Elaine comes into the room to let them know that King Galdrian is dead uh <laughs> So we we know why. Um, yep. And afterwards, Leandrin comes into the room and kind of scolds Wayne for practicing and makes Min and Elaine leave. Um, and she is talking to Nynaeve and Egwene and, and is telling them, about, you know, Rand is in trouble. Moraine has sent letters asking about Egwene and Nynaeve to make sure they're, you know, they're good. Um, and she wants, she wants them to, she wants Nynaeve and Egwene to meet Leandrin at the Odier Grove and to tell no one because there are Black Adja in the tower and they just need to, to come alone, uh, right. which is funny. Um, and she leaves and afterwards Min and Elaine come back into the room and they've heard everything. They were in Elaine's room and they overheard everything. And they're like, if Rand's in trouble, we're coming too. Um, so the group is sticking together. Mm-hmm. 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 Totally. Uh, any, any thoughts other than Leandrin is scummy? A total B. Yeah. Total um, B. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, I don't even know. So I thought it was interesting, first off, that they, so we don't know that, like, this is, this is happening kind of after they all went to Toman Head, like, right. it's happening in this, in the time period that, like, Rand and his group, like, kind of just disappeared from the earth for four months. Right, and like, actually, um, that's right, because Egwene even, she, you know, she makes reference to the fact that she hasn't had a dream about Rand in months. Right. Yeah, that's a good point too. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, and then I love, I love that Elaine mentions that King Goldrian is dead, mm-hmm. and so it's like Tom's like, if I have one last person to kill, and then mm-hmm. we learn from Elaine that the king is dead. Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, we know Leandrin. Like we we've seen all these scenes this book of her just being sketchy as hell, and mm-hmm. we we just want to punch her in the mouth. But there. <laughs> I mean, it's true because she's she's just so backhanded about everything. But she's the way the way she treats everyone is just awful. And at the same time, they've they haven't necessarily had the very worst experience with her. They don't they don't know anything more. So they trust her to some yeah. degree. They've been trained to trust Aes Sedai, and so that's what they're doing. They're following mm-hmm. what she said and. Yeah, you know, I I just think it's it's 
such a scary thing. She's like, you can't tell anyone because anyone could be a dark, but, but it's, you know, anyone could be black Aja, any, any, and it's like, well, okay. So, but at the same time, what, how do we know about you? Exactly. How do we, how do we know we can trust you? Like if, if the black object can exist, then mm-hmm. it means that the people in it can lie, like the nice sister, the nice sisters, gosh, um, <laughs> the, 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 the nice sisters are a Star Wars reference, guys, yeah. by the way. Um, <laughs> the, but, but if, if there are, if there are indeed black Aja sisters, like they, they'd have to be able to lie about the existence of being, you know, of being on the black Aja. So like, how, how can you trust Le- well, what Leander is saying here. And this is the other thing, like if, if she's saying that sh- there are black Aja in the tower, if you know mm. that, then you would know theoretically who at least one, let's say at least one of the black Aja would be. In which case, wouldn't you be like, don't trust Alana because she's a black Aja. Like, Could wouldn't be. You, wouldn't you name them? Like, it just seems very... Well, how she might not, she might just see, she might have been able to just see like their their actions, the consequences or the True. the results of their actions, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like one way or another, it, it what she's saying is is not like it doesn't really hold up to that much scrutiny. But the girls are like, oh, well, we have to trust Ice to die. I don't know. It's just this really weird thing. I I had I had my share of eye rolling moments, but sure. you know, I like naive is is pretty difficult with her but at the same mm-hmm. time she just kind of capitulates anyways so right well and we end up seeing it so in 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 the next chapter in the last one we're going to cover flight from the white tower they mm-hmm. end up going like all four of the girls leave the white tower and they're in you know regular clothing they're trying to blend in and they they get to the stables they get horses and and they end up meeting leandrin at this at the ogier grove mm-hmm. and she is mad that Elaine and Min are there. Like she was like, I told you to tell no one. And you know, they, they do end up saying like, we overheard everything. So we were, we were going to come. They didn't tell us. We just overheard it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Leandra kind of, you know, says that she, she had plans though for Elaine and Min to be taken care of. Um, and it's just the way it's phrased. You're like, taken care of like they'll be okay or taken care right. of like you're gonna have them killed like what's mm-hmm. what's going on here um but she ends up opening the way gate where they are and they all go in and she is extremely vague about how long they're gonna be in there for you know like they're gonna leave when when she says they're going to leave the ways um and they make their way through they're camping there they're all kind of you know sort of staying away from leandrin but also staying with her because she's guiding them um and i just find this was funny in juxtaposition of what rand was thinking earlier when he was at the party and he's like oh like if i'm gonna be with anyone it would be Egwene and like whatnot and Egwene and the girls are having this conversation she's like oh well i'm probably not gonna get married anyway so if one of you wants to marry rand like that would be fine it's just very right. like you guys are not on the same page at all yeah oh, Poor I mean, communication skills right oh well, she she did like she that was bravado though too is, is represented oh, totally. kind of so I, I mean she she doesn't want she, she still has feelings for him uh, presumably mm-hmm. but 
I think this might be like her way of trying to to stamp it out a little bit and squash it down and she says like oh I'll I'll be okay because I'm not going to be with him she's trying to will it into existence that she'll be okay yeah totally convincing Egwene no nicely done absolutely um but and this ends up ending the they wake up they keep going and Leandrin's found the the way gate to Toman Head and opens it so they can leave and this is where she wanted to take them and that yeah that's that that's the whole thing the whole dang thing the whole dang thing so who's the mac oh man i don't know i feel like i feel like matt is a cop out he's he is pretty annoying and rude in in these chapters i don't think it's a cop out i think he's a he's he's pretty ruthless in these chapters it's definitely not rand it's definitely not loyal or perrin leandrin is leandrin isn't annoying she's just you know that she's up to something well yeah she's sketchy as hell she's She's aloof she's mean i mean there's there's nothing nothing likable about her right but that doesn't make her the annoying character matt is just oh matt matt's like i don't want to be a servant i don't want to do this yeah oh loyal i'm gonna make fun of you know like you thinking that your own species is attractive like Mm -hmm. you know oh i'm gonna make fun of of you know your wedding your marriage customs i'm gonna i'm just gonna be uh, you know a total jerk yeah i i don't like matt in this in this section at all it's he's just every annoying part of him is showing and no redeeming qualities in my opinion like every once in a while he'll he'll walk things back just a little bit Mm -hmm. but otherwise yeah we can just i think he's the matt mac he's the matt he's He's also matt matt is the mac okay he's the mac and he's matt yeah um so yeah that's (laughs) <laughs> that is mm-hmm. everything from this one so next next episode we're gonna do 11 chapters instead of 10 because we're at the end of the book we are so we're gonna do chapters 40 to 50 and we will be done the great hunt oh and we got done in record time that was fast for us yeah <laughs> all right um any final thoughts no, that's late. Let's go. All right. Well, thanks for hanging out. Oh, you're thanking me. Yeah. I didn't think. You're welcome, Sarah. <laughs> All right. Cool. That was genuine. <laughs> Any time. Uh, All right, Any guys. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll be back next week. And thank you so much for listening. May you always find water and shade.